They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect dogs as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen a video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. Hi everyone and welcome to Doing the Nasty Podcast. This is season number two, episode 20, motherfucking three. That's right, 23 episodes into this bitch. Joining me, as always, on this show is my resident co-host for the whole second season of Misery. It is, of course, the phenomenal Mark Ball. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Good morning or good evening, uh, video nasty lovers. Uh, we've got uh, we've got some pretty uh, interesting movies to talk about on this this go around. Uh, holy fucking shit! Uh, yeah, you you did a double feature of these this morning. Yep, yep. I did a double feature of these last night, and uh, I think we watched them in the same order. Even like I I watched yep. Mad Foxes first as well, and yeah. I, I don't know if that was the right call uh we'll, we'll, we'll get into that like maybe should have started with home sweet home and then yeah yeah lead into the slightly more insane shit that we watch know. for this I, fucking crazy show I, I don't know both of them are very strange in their own special ways um yeah so i like to be honest i, I actually gl- i'm glad that i watched them in the order that i did because i think had i watched the other one first and finished that I would have been like that's a weird movie and then if I had watched the next one I would have thought that I'd maybe had an aneurysm or something um, <laughs> yeah I guess the other one served as kind of a cool down after Bad Foxes yeah the, the, <laughs> the weird things in Home Sweet Home don't seem weird after watching Mad Foxes they just kind no. of feel regular um, yep yeah, so we're talking about two movies that last recording. I think we're kind of like, eh, I mean, these sound all right. We'll see how we get on. And <laughs> after watching them, I'm just like, like this is this is the beauty of the like the, a list of movies where you know, for the majority of them, they're kind of lo-fi trash that you know I haven't really found an audience. Is that you stumble on to just absolute treasures and when i see treasures i want to stress here we ain't talking about gold um we're, we're talking about absolute visual treasure here because like this is like there's so much non there's so much fucking nonsense that it does make you wonder how does this thing exist and that's yep. the, that's the exciting thing um i was saying to you just off here not since mafia massacre have i been like yeah, if someone released like a collector's edition of Mad Foxes and wanted to charge me a hundred dollars for it, I would first day buy that. And you know, absolutely, I'd hate, I'd hate myself for it. But at the same time, I will own that motherfucker because um, it's not got a formal release at all in the UK, um, and is unlikely to ever get a formal release over in the UK. So I am, yeah, I, just, I don't know, I don't know between that one and the other one. I am I'm immensely curious as to what other movies are lurking in the wings of what right. we still watch that are just gonna be absolutely fucking gonzo and bonkers. So very excited, very excited. Yeah. 
I was going to ask you before we get into the movies, uh, did you pick up any cool shit for Black Friday sales uh, last week? So this is, the, this is the thing. Like That started to slowly work its way over at the UK, and I'm unsure uh, why it's a thing, right? Because I understand the American like Black Friday thing. It's, you, you know, it's right after Thanksgiving. It's basically you guys kicking off the shopping season to Christmas. So I understand that... Thanksgiving is not a thing over here, but well, the, yeah. the last three years it's been like Black Friday sales and all the you know, online retailers over in the UK, and we've just accepted it. Um, the only thing that I bought that um, <laughs> the only two things I bought I want to quantify that one of them was like you ever had one of those things where like you buy something and then you're literally sitting like five minutes later going, why did I buy that? Like, yeah, you know, like, sometimes. Yeah, like, well, it, it doesn't often happen to me. Um, I forget buying things. That happens all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. You end up with two fucking copies of a pre-ordered Blu-ray, and you're like, "That did I order?" <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I can't even write. Um, or my favorite one, which was the big, massive Tim Lucas book on um, Filchy. So he's got yeah. a, a, no, sorry, Bava. Um, it's a massive fucking book that he wrote on. Um, no, it is Filchy. Uh, I'm fucking just my brain is not working. Hence why I started drinking early. Um, <laughs> and it's this massive hardback thing. It's a fucking. It's basically a coffee table book. It's fucking huge. And it's hardbound and all the rest. And it costs like sixty quid. And it just arrived one day, and I was like, that I didn't buy this <laughs> um, and tracked tracked it back tracked it back and yes I had but it was one night that I was so fucking drunk that I, I was going to say drunk shopping <laughs> total drunk shopping and in that drunk shopping like, I didn't buy myself like a like a new fleshlight or something like that you know something practical <laughs> that you can fuck um, you know what I mean uh, instead I bought myself I'd like eat like eat home eat home on an Italian director, which I'll be honest with you, is unlikely. Even if I even if I put a hole in it and stuffed it full of um, soft, wet objects, it's unlikely I'd ever fuck it. So um, yeah, so like I, I bought myself a, a docking station for my PlayStation Five for the controller. Now, yeah, nice. That's handy. Yeah, but I don't play it enough. <laughs> to, to ever like I like I charge the thing like what I charge the controller like once every two months because that's about how much play I actually over Christmas I'll play it a lot but I genuinely don't I don't know if you know this but I just posted something saying that I recorded about 200 hours of podcasts under the stairs this year yeah. and that's just that show so that's not like all the stuff I do in the teapots collective the stuff I do with metal epidemic and the stuff that I do with Duncan and Bo um, so none of that stuff's included in that time so that's why I don't game but I bought this thing and it arrived and it's now uh, an ornament to gather dust <laughs> like, I'll never get fucking used uh, and I got that but the second thing I got and it wasn't necessarily a Black Friday purchase per se although it was listed on Black Friday it just wasn't in a sale um, Shameless over here, Shameless uh, Distributors uh, just released the 4K of Mikel Suave's Stage Fright. Oh, nice. Which just arrived yesterday. Along with a Blu-ray, this is the big thing, though. Uh, in 2015, I did, like, a Baz V Horror episode. It was Baz V Halloween, where we used to do, like, a, a run of shows over Halloween. We still do, technically. We just call it Bazoween now. But the purpose was to try and scare the shit out of Baz. It was, like, a competition that we did. Like, genuinely tried to terrify him. And I found that he was susceptible to found footage movies. So I used to put him through a shitload of found footage movies because they were easy wins. Even the really bad ones were easy wins. Um, right. 
And way back in 2015, I made him watch like a movie that weirdly has kind of not haunted me, but it's been part of my like horror language since about 1999, and that's the last broadcast. Fucking love the last broadcast. Um, yeah. I was borderline obsessed with it for years, so much so that I dreamt about it like every night for about a month until I actually physically bought like an extra rental VHS copy, and then the dream stopped bizarre um weird yeah very weird well it's just been released on blu-ray for the first time in the uk and the label's called uh 101 i've just put out and uh, for the f- i i never open i never remove the shrink wrap from brand new purchase blu-rays the day they arrive it takes me about a year to get to movies um but i did that last night and i sat and i watched it and Oh my god! It was just like it was like watching it with fresh eyes all over again. It's not a movie that's designed to be shown in Blu-ray. <laughs> like it's, it's it was. I think it's credited as the first digital movie, like fully digital short movie of all time. Um, all right. Because uh, it was way back then, but they deliberately put it through a lot of effects to make it look like it was shot on film and VHS. So like like there was like there's one of the special features. The two directors talking about how it took you know like. 74 days to render and like back this, Jesus like, Christ. Where do you listen? they were talking about the they bought a a giga drive hard disk right you know like oh, my. Hard disk. oh man a back, whole gig yeah back in um back in 1995 would cost you a hundred dollars so, this is about right, which is so, a lot of money in 95 bucks. Yeah, so they were basically saying to make this movie, they had to split up into loads of small chunks because the, the most they could afford was a four gigabyte hard drive for it. And it took oh, like, man. months and months and months to render and all the rest. And the guys saying basically what they've done now, you can do for like... You can do it on your phone. Yeah, 75 pence, buy an app on your phone. Um, and he's like you can just do it that way now so it's so bizarre how technology's moved on but yeah that's literally all I bought um, so neither one of them really the, the docking station was cheap um, so I, I take that as a Black Friday win for me um, what about yourself Mark did you did you did you uh, dust off the, the wallet did you bring out the, the old card and did you splurge and treat yourself over Black Friday yeah, a little bit. I was definitely haunting like all of the Blu-ray distributors mm. uh, websites because they all have like rad fucking sales around this time and announce like new stuff. Uh, so yeah, from uh, most of the stuff I got from Vinegar Syndrome, I got uh, I, I splurged a little on their Fancy Pants Sensor Blu-ray because I kind of uh, wanted nice. that. That's mm-hmm. fucking crammed with extras and other shit. Uh, I got oh shit, I had the list of it somewhere. Um, <laughs> I got, oh, I got Prey, which is a movie coming up on the, oh, on the yeah. list here a little bit later, which <laughs> I have actually seen. I saw that at Fantastic Fest in like 2018 or something. It was part of a queer horror uh, panel that they were doing. And mm-hmm. I, I just I was like, this sounds bonkers. So I'm going to go check this out. And uh, yeah, I actually dig that movie quite a bit. Yeah, well, it's, from, it's, the, it's from the director of Insemnioid, so... Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, I didn't realize until that last episode that we talked about. Uh, yeah, it's fucking... Uh, kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, what else did I get? Uh, I, I thought that Night Train to Terror was a movie that was coming up on the video nasty list, but evidently it's not. So I also snagged one of those from oh, nice. Vinegar Cinder. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that movie. It's got a super cool cover though. So whatever. You've I'll, never I'll seen take Night it. Train to Terror. I have not. Oh man, you're gonna have a ball with that. 
I get that one confused with the fucking. That's not the Jamie Lee Curtis one, is it? Uh, no, that's Terror Train. Terror Train. Okay, I get those two confused. Um, but yeah, that was about it from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, here it is. I, for Severin, I picked up uh, Eyes of Fire, which we saw at Fantastic Fest this year. That's mm-hmm. uh, kind of lost. I think it's made for TV, like kind of folk horror movie that's super fucking crazy. Yeah, I've got that coming up. I, um, I, I kind of tra- treated myself, Mark. Um, actually, I'd say I treated myself. I bought it and then said to my wife, Give me the money back, and you can give me this for Christmas. Uh, but I bought that big, uh, that big um, uh, folk horror box yeah, set. I was at like oh, a nice. I, they might as well have just called it. Duncan will buy this. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that. That thing was, meant, was super tempting to pick that thing up. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I just don't know if I can pull the trigger on it. It's quite a, yeah. It's like to be honest, the thing is, there'll be one or two gems like that movie. There's going to be a whole lot of just not great movies in there as well that'll have interesting yeah. ideas or interesting concepts. And that's the the, the fact that they're all in one box set's kind of cool for me. But I'm I'm going in with my. It's the same as that like arrow of. Um, the other thing I, I, I've got coming for Christmas is the Shaw Brothers Volume 1 box set from Arrow. Oh, and, nice. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great in paper, but I, I've also, I've seen a lot of Shaw Brothers movies, and for every good one, there's about four fucking terrible movies. So, um, well, yeah. So you just kind of have to, yeah, the thing is, though, it's, it's trial and error. It's like this. You, you don't know. We, we laughed at Mad Foxes two weeks ago when we recorded our episode. It's sending pretty shit and then <laughs> you, so you, never never, know. You, you never know what else did you get then so you've got that one coming and uh i got a i got a dvd of dark waters the fucking the the creepy nun movie from uh oh, I dude, I that for the 90s i love that movie i absolutely yeah. love that movie yeah that's a good buy yeah. that's a good buy the dvd yeah dvd of that was three fucking dollars so i'm like why not throw it on in there mm-hmm. uh and i think the only other thing i got was a movie called siege which i think is a canadian exploitation movie that sounds kind of assault on precinct 13 ish i, I remember hearing about <laughs> nice. it on the shockwaves podcast like a zillion years ago so Ooh. they just they just put that one out and i was like ah that sounds cool i'll pick that one up but nice. uh, yeah i think i think that was about it everybody had really yeah pretty nice blue it was a good weekend to buy blu-rays basically is what I, i'm all about for black friday for bow on yeah i think there's a there's a part of me that like every now and again i read one of those articles that's like is physical media dead and i'm like well maybe it's for you but (laughs) 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 like oh literally my life revolves around oh arrow's announcing the next slate of movies oh look like second sight are announcing because second sight in the interim because i was I, i was gonna have to pull the trigger on that um sensor release um, uh, which is region free, I believe, um, and I was going to buy that, and then I was like, "Oh, it's fucking pain in the balls," because that's get shipped over here and all that pish. Um, and then second sight over in the UK were like, "We're releasing a collector's edition." I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was super, super happy because I, I just preferred that. That's the way things should be out with. You know, you have to like the sooner we can get rid of all this like one label should just put it out everywhere and then you should just have access to it instead of this right i own i own (laughs) i now own screen factories release of the thing i own arrow videos release of the thing and then studio canal released a 4k uhd of the thing so i own that as well (laughs) yeah why why do they do this to me mark they need to fucking stop 
That's why there's a lot of power in being able to say no to shit sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't pick up that fucking Second Sight Dawn of the Dead Blu-ray because it was like a hundred dollars. I'm like, oh, I'll wait until there's a basic version of this out. And yeah. Sure yeah. enough, then they released one and I didn't buy it because I'm a fucking idiot. And it's probably sold out now, but uh, I wish yeah, and- I could have been like you there. My wife would like me if I was more like you, Mark. <laughs> I was like, I really need it. She's like, do you? And I was like, yeah. She's like, why do you need it? I was like, because I just sold my arrow, Dawn of the Dead. And she's like, why did you do that? And I was because second sight and I was still putting one out. <laughs> so so now I need it. Sold it to buy it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's, it'll be, it'll, it'll be interesting because, like, we are, we're hitting a weird age now where, like, labels have started because labels have predominantly managed to get through a lot of the european horror titles and you know a lot of the classic americana slasher titles and whatnot labels now seem to be aiming towards the, the east so there's a ton of chinese stuff coming out um which is really exciting because there's a lot of stuff from there which is genuinely fucking amazing that's finally getting the the old 4k or the the 2k restoration work and that you know it just makes me smile that when because the concern was all labels will do is we'll get to a certain point and then well we've already seen it screen factory and arrow are prime examples of that all the titles that they released two years ago they're now releasing as 4ks yeah oh, here we fucking go um but like <laughs> there's a ton of movies out there that haven't had that treatment yet so it's cool to see that happening the only gripe i've got and i'm going to put this out on this show because it feels apt to do it on this show um, is my my uh, my pet hate, but also my I have to buy these because they're all numbered. Um, is eighty eight films the label I love to hate? Um, <laughs> I genuinely like I love the concepts and I love the ideas that they bring to the table. I just think that sometimes the execution's a bit pish. And uh, the prime example would be disc number fifty in the Slasher Classics collection. Uh, it's a movie called Snapshot, which I'm very excited to watch because I've heard good things about it. But they've released it as title number 50 in the series. Now, that series is notable because um, of its red artwork and red covers. Like that's, So they're all numbered, but they're all in red covers. And I think they ran out of red cases, so they started doing them in black cases, but the artwork is still red. So all the spines are red. So you look along them, it's a sea of red with all these numbers. And now they've released Snapshot with special artwork. Um... And it's blue, and the numbers not and the numbers not on the outside. Um, uh. The numbers not even actually on the inside. And I, I just look at that and I go, why, dickheads? Just, <laughs> just, just to fuck with everyone's OCD. Yeah, it's just. But I I'm like that was your thing. You know what I mean? That's your gimmick, and you're pissing on your gimmick for no reason at all. So yeah, and that sort of stuff drives me up the wall. I know they don't listen to this. But if anyone from that label ever does listen to this, sort your house out, right? <laughs> get your get shit together. Get your shit together. Right, uh, this is the perfect time to pivot. Uh, talking about getting your shit together, we have two movies that don't have any households full of shit, um, which is together. It's all over the place. It's like an absolute... Fucking, everything we see on this episode actually happens in a film. It's not me and Mark exaggerating like i just stress that just hallucinating like i I felt like oh boy (laughs) yeah to it we're gonna get to now i'm gonna put mad foxes at the end because that feels like the we're gonna do in reverse order to what we watch them uh right 
because uh, when you're doing podcasts, it's okay to ramp up the crazy, and that's what we're going to do. So we're going to take a short break just now, ladies and gents. You're going to hear intellectuals talk about things that are really interesting, but you're also going to hear the trailer for our first movie review. This is Home Sweet Home from 1981. When myself and Mark return, we are discussing that movie, and we're doing it right after this. A 1981 slasher movie with an utterly generic title. Yeah, if you go on the IMDb, you'll find about a dozen films called Home Sweet Home, uh, and this is probably the last one you're going to look at. Directed by Nettie Peña, who has two other credits, one for a very recent uh, eco-documentary about wind farming, and one as a producer on the hardcore porn movie Dracula Sucks with Jamie Gillis, which was actually was one of those movies that were that exists both as a hardcore picture and as a sort of mainstream sex comedy. So from that period when porn was kind of ambitious. The producer, uh, Don Edmonds, who made the Ilsa films, uh, is in Home Sweet Home as an actor. I would bet that it was actually shot at his house. Uh, something about the house it's set in just tells me this is... Somebody in the, the adult entertainment industry owns this place, although he has an interesting, uh, he has the original posters for both versions of King Kong that existed at the time uh, in the decor, which is kind of cool. The executive producer of this film was Alex Raybar, who we all know as the, the star of The Incredible Melting Man. It has a few other odd, interesting people in it. The little girl is... Uh, Vanessa Shaw, who grew up to be a sort of starlet, she's in Eyes Wide Shut and the remake of The Hills Have Eyes and 310 to Yuma and 30 Days of Night, and already she's the best actress in this film. The psycho killer is played by Jake Steinfeld, sometimes billed just as Jake, who became a trainer to the stars in the 80s when stars needed trainers. His gym was called Body by Jake. The trouble is, he later on, in, in sort of his media appearances, had a kind of goofy, goonish, sort of big lunk image. So it's hard not to see him playing a PCP, hopped up, psycho serial slasher guy here without thinking that, oh no, he's just laughing. He's not very good as a psycho killer. The story is so basic, it opens with killer escapes, killer kills somebody and steals their car, then goes into the country where there's a house full of people and he kills them all one by one. It's so basic that you sort of expect a twist at the end, some something where it's not him, it's somebody else who's done it, or that he's been specifically brought in to kill someone. No, there's none of that. It's just utterly random. A bunch of random people turn up, they get utterly randomly killed. Um, most of the actors in it don't have any other credits. They look like the kind of people who might have been in porn films, not that I'm saying they were, but they still look like the, the sort of fringes and hanger-on. It is a, the kind of slasher movie that a few weeks after you've seen it, you barely remember, except for one character, um, The Mistake, played by an actor called Peter DePaula, who is the son of the Don Edmonds character, and for some reason wears clown makeup throughout and keeps doing really strange, weird, irritating comedy stuff. He keeps interrupting people when they're about to have sex. And when he gets murdered halfway through the film, it's a real relief that you don't have to put up with him any longer. He's a really one of the most annoying characters in exploitation cinema. But actually, by virtue of that, at least he is the only memorable thing in this film. Um, so we have to give Peter DePaula a credit for something because forever after... Home Sweet Home is the film with the mistake in it. 
7 a.m. in Los Angeles, and our top story continues to be the intensive police dragnet for an armed and dangerous escaped mental patient. 26-year-old Jay Jones escaped from the Hobart State Hospital for the criminally insane last night after killing an attendant and leaving a guard in critical condition. Jones was committed to Hobart eight years ago after a lengthy and well-publicized trial following the bludgeoning death of both of his parents. We talked with a state police department spokesman shortly after Jones' escape last night. He's extremely dangerous, probably armed. He could be on PCP. Jones is Caucasian, 16 3, 220 pounds with curly brown hair. If you see anyone answering this description, stay clear of him and notify your local law enforcement agency. Welcome back ladies and gents, you've just heard the trailer for Home Sweet Home from 1981, this is directed by Nettie Penner. Now I tried to do a bit of deep diving on Nettie Penner to see what this person had actually done. Turns out they only have three movies um, against them as an editor, two movies as a director, two movies as a producer. Um, it's like The guy basically did cinematography, production, directing and editing on the movies that he did, right? But there's a notable thing here. The three movies that he was editor on um, are also the three movies he was director on, but for whatever reason, IMDb has not got it listed that he directed a movie called Dracula Sucks, right? It's under a, di- <laughs> it's under a different name, but I, like, from what I could find out, he directed this. Dracula Sucks is hardcore porn. <laughs> so, oh, well... So, a horror porn <coughs> parody um, and you can see that when you click on the cast and it's all just holy shit um, so yeah for whatever reason for whatever, I don't know why um, his name is not against that and it's under a different name but what I'm led to believe from what I've read is he directed that but he also did this movie this was his movie that he did a couple of years later Home Sweet Home now this movie stars um, an, 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 an eclectic <laughs> cast of kind of quasi-nobodies and other folk that went on to actually have proper careers, uh, including this slasher guy. The main villain here is played by Jake Steinfeld, who has been in shit loads of things, like shit loads of things, including a Disney movie. Uh, he did The Voice. He was in the video game, mind you, for Ratatouille. Um, but, like, I know, it's just like really weird to look at. Like, really <laughs> so weird. weird. Uh, but he's, he was in a Cheech and Chong movie. He was in the Money Pit. Um, he, like, oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and uh, up to... Did some King of the Hill. Uh, but I think he's the last credit, which makes me think he may have passed away or retired, um, is Lopez, the TV show. Don't know what that is. In 2017. Um, no idea. But apparently this guy made his money... Uh, in the 80s through bodybuilding which and fitness which would make sense because the guy is fucking jacked <laughs> yep. um, also stars uh, Vanessa Shaw Peter DePaulo uh, Don Edmonds Charles Hoyes David M- Maliki I don't know if you pronounce that right uh, Lisa Rodriguez Leah Norin Colette Trigg Tally Young Jay Kelly R. Foots 
uh, Victor Paddock, Rochelle Costanton, and Annie Cribbs. Now, let me get this right and get the right person. I think it is David Meliki. Potentially. Don't know. Can't find it. Uh, there's a dude in here that is essentially in mime face paint for no fucking <laughs> no no reason at all. Just run around with a like amped up electric guitar, wirelessly playing everywhere he goes, these sweet sweet, sweet licks. In real life, this guy was actually a professional magician, which would explain the magic tricks that he actually does his sleight of hand is fucking incredible um, yeah but yeah that's I, I, once again don't know why it was cast don't know why he's wearing my makeup for this movie anyway that's the least confusing thing about this the synopsis is an escaped mental patient steals a station wagon and makes his way to the Bradley's Thanksgiving celebration see we time these things so well uh, where he plans to make them a little less thankful uh, <laughs> I'd never seen I'd never heard of this one before like I've said it many times slashers off the beaten track slashers are a dark area for me in that I don't know a lot of them I know the mainstay ones a lot of these movies were pro predominantly released in America and not really anywhere else um, nah. and I get a feeling this one no labels putting this out over here this, this one here is primed for an 88 film slasher classic so I don't know why we fucking skipped on this one. Um, but yeah, this is... It kind of does what it says on the tin. This is basically from the opening shots here. There is a, an escaped mental patient who is maybe being fed steroids by the, <laughs> the asylum he's in. There's he's no, fucking yoked, as the kids say. There is no reason for someone in a mental health facility to be this jacked. Unless you are like experimenting on him, like Bane and that awful fucking Batman <laughs> movie, you know where he's like he's all like green and shit, uh, and turning the thing behind him. Uh, yeah, Poison Ivy's working on this fuck. Um, so like, there's absolutely this guy is huge. Like this guy is like he's protein loading. He's taking his shakes in between his workouts. Um, but apart, I love this right at the beginning where they're like that. He, he's potentially high on PCP. Yes, he clearly fucking is. <laughs> Like, he's shooting it into his fucking tongue with a syringe. I, yeah. I don't know much about PCP, but that's evidently like an ideal way to do it. Yeah, it just sends him into a fucking homicidal rage. So it's yeah. kind of an anti-drug movie. <laughs> an anti-drug movie and pro... Mime? I don't know. He, talk, <laughs> yeah, he fucking talks. He talks, so he's not a mime. That's what confused me even more. He'd like fucking talk. And he clearly, his job is in this movie, his title should just be Cock Block. Because whenever yep. anyone's about to, you know, whenever anyone's about to slip a finger, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, gra grab a boob, he appears like out of nowhere to spoil their fun, and it's because he isn't. Apparently, getting. I don't know. Anyway, well, this movie, it, like, like, <laughs> what. I, it's a weird one to discuss because it is a bargain basement slasher movie. No yep. airs, no graces, it's a bargain ba basement slasher movie. It's just a bit weird. And I think, like, from the, like, right from the beginning, we see the killer. We see the killer, we know what his face looks like, and then we kind of follow him on a road trip, um, you know, like up to this house. Then we spend some time with this house. This kind of household, which has a severely dysfunctional family, where like Pornhub would have a fucking field day with this family because they're all like hitting. Them. Like the dad gets introduced to the son's girlfriend while doing his zip up because he's trying to be, you know, he's, he's been trying to get funky with his wife. Um, and like it just, it's all fucking wrong. Like the whole dynamic's wrong. 
But there's a little kid in this household as well, which is weird. Uh huh. But what the movie has going for it, out with that, is it is bonkers fun with the kills. Like, the, uh, this is, like, if you've ever watched They Live and you've been sitting there going, I wish there was a slasher movie that did that WWF fight scene. <laughs> That's literally it. He suplexes a woman off a car. He fucking atomic elbows. He does the Macho Man atomic elbow um, into, like, a car bonnet to essentially snap a guy in half. Um, that was one of my favorites in the whole movie. <laughs> so- his power bombs the fucking, <laughs> yeah, the hood of a car with dudes underneath it. And it looks, it looks great. Like, this dude oh, is man. a fucking tank. Like, that car is like a, it's like a matchbox car underneath him. It's nothing. And it's oh, so dude, that I, I love that kill so fucking it's much. So awesome. He does a kill later. Like, the kills are like, this is one of those, uh, like, I, I always get a wee bit like, kind of like, uh, I wish slasher movies were, you know, more about like some depth that you could talk about without just talking about how, what the killer looked like and what the kills are like, which is essentially what every slasher conversation devolves to. But this is one of these ones where I'm like that. Yeah, if you're going to watch it, you watch it for the kills. That he kills the mine in a fucking rad effect where he electrifies <laughs> the guitar where the actual strings of the guitar melt. Uh. And it's a fucking amazing visual effect. That makes no sense in, in logic at all because that's not how electricity works. But um, I was watching it going, this is like, it's such a cool effect because you see the strings light up and then melt. I was like, that is fucking awesome. But the, here's my issue with this movie, right? I'm, I'm going to put this out of the way. Uh, the characters are even dumber than some of the dumb characters from a lot of the slashes we've already looked at on the nasties list. And then added on top of it the the maniacal giggle after about two minutes did my tits in and he's just like <laughs> like as he's going around killing people and I, I couldn't I, I was like just like, <laughs> I was like someone gag this man um, and I, it's not a long movie but it does have a couple of moments of long inactivity which kind of I, I was I, I kind of felt like you know at an hour and 20 which this is it kind of still felt like it was it was padding for time. Um, what was your thoughts? Because like, well, you were the same as me. This was a first time watch, yeah. Yeah, this was uh, this this felt a little long after Mad Foxes, which we'll get to. The evidently the version of Mad Foxes that I watched was a little, little bit shorter than this one's. And yeah, I'm not really sure where the padding is in this. I guess, I guess just in the scenes, like you said, where people are trying to get funky out in the cabin and stuff. Yeah, it's just a uh, lot of that uh... there where there's just like <laughs> like like character interactions which like I, I get right, it's the it's these sort of things where we re- repeat stuff as a way to pad things out. There's an obvious tactic. It's the it's the kid with the guitar who just appears like too many times. I get like after the second time he appears, right, he's an annoying little prick, but he does that about five times in this movie. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, what are we doing? And we just keep Let's repeating keep- it. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's that's where a lot of the pad comes in. Uh I I, I dig the killer in this movie quite a bit. I, oh, I called him I called him somewhere a, a big lots version of Lou Ferrigno, but yeah, he's he's also high on PCP, which I'd kind of forgotten about. Oh, yeah. And he starts the he starts the movie by running over a little old lady in a car. Oh, the, blood the, the, just like yeah, splatters like... on the windshield. <laughs> It's like he, Toxic Avenger, kind of. He pulls a man, like this movie starts with him pulling a man who offers him a beer. You never kill a man that offers you a beer. Um, pulls a man from his car who offers him a beer. And then, essentially, it looks like snaps him in half. 
and then gets in this car, then drives along, and you're right, this, this like, daughter and her elderly mother are kind of standing together, the elderly mother decides she's going to cross the road, and we get a fucking, we only see the car coming towards her, and then kind of does that freeze frame thing, and then, uh. then like, he's, he's giggling away at himself, and then we see the car with um, the window wipers, like, moving the blood. <laughs> It's right, right from the get go. I'm like, all right, I'm on board with this movie. It's yeah. a, it knows what it is. It's a goofy fucking, it's a goofy slasher movie. Uh, yeah, the, uh, everything outside of any like horrific parts of this movie is just a wacky boner comedy. Like these characters yep. serve one purpose. They're they're all trying to get laid. Uh, our, our stupid fucking mime character keeps like bubbling that like over and over again for everybody and everybody's super fucking horny including like the cops that pull over the chicks i was oh, laughing my ass man. up that seat the two two of the girls eventually leave the cabin in like a convertible and get lost or they're they're speeding down a road or something and yeah these two horny ass cops pull them over and spend the entirety of the scene looking down their fucking shirts like yep. their cleavage and like trading entendres with the two girls in the car and it's so fucking ridiculous and it's barely above like porn quality fucking acting and writing and uh it's uh, it's your mileage may vary like i don't know I, re I remember watching a lot of like maybe not a lot but at least a handful of like these kind of boner comedies from the oh 80s. man i thought you were gonna and... say i genuinely thought you were gonna say i i've watched a lot of porn <laughs> And I was like, yes, you have. A porn. <laughs> you, I was like, yes, you have, Mark. Um, no, nah, this is more specific than just porn. Yeah, these these are the the sex comedies of the '80s, where yeah, it's it's just like sex and bad jokes, basically. But this has Lou yeah. Ferrigno shoved into it, killing people. Also, I, I, I would liken it to in the UK, we had a series of movies um, called the Carry On movies, and it's kind of like that. It's all yeah. it's all kind of guys running behind women, kind of trying to lift their skirts, and they go, no, um, and then uh, the music and all this kind of <laughs> kind of laughing. That's kind of that's kind of you're right. The family interactions are all that. This is Thanksgiving where they're supposed to be cooking a big family meal and having it together, and all <laughs> anyone wants to do is fuck. Um, yeah. Which I suppose you want to get your system before you carb load. So I mean that from that point of view maybe makes sense. I also like that the, the like half the household vanishes, but the family still sit down to have like dad's been gone a long time. Oh, those two chicks have been gone a long time. Will we sit and have turkey? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, there's even a bit like this is how ludicrous it gets, and this is what I was saying. Like it's a kind of bargain basement slasher with characters that don't make any sense. Um, there's a scene where the the main character is dishing up the cranberry sauce and he drops it on the foreign chick the kind of spanish chick um who has to go away and wash her top and then essentially the killer kills her and then kills the main guy and then the remaining people in the house he well the main dude uh the, the son he goes out finds the body and his assumption is his brother has done the murder yeah, yeah, they think, like that kid's got a screw loose. He's, he killed this fucking, and yeah, it's. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I guess I, I like, can kind of understand where the characters are coming from, maybe, but also it's kind of a silly assumption to jump to. I mean, don't they hear like something on the radio or something before about an escaped fucking yes, convict? Yes, it's all over that... it's, it's the <laughs> trending news story. It's mentioned at the beginning. It's the trending news story that there is a escaped violent fucking criminal who murders people loose. 
and this woman is dead and the first thing you thought of is well it's my brother that did it like that's like i could see if like he was more than you know just like jumping in with his electric guitar doing sweet licks you know what i mean i could i could understand that but the 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 jump to that is just fucking nuts y'all it's my clue but then they don't seem concerned we'll just sit in this room um it's just i don't know I, 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 like I say before, it's a silly slasher movie, so you have to kind of suspend your disbelief there. Um, yeah. Like, the other thing we should probably talk about here is that the killer's, like, obviously out he's facing drugs, which appears to have affected his pain threshold. He gets a machete in his spine. Yeah. And then still manages to go another 20 minutes in this movie, killing another two people. So, it's pretty... This acting was pretty good when he gets stabbed in the back like it's oh, yeah. a parody like you see that in movies sometimes and yeah it doesn't seem to have much effect on people that would be like the most intense fucking pain that i think you could possibly feel is getting a huge fucking metal blade stuck in your fucking oh, back 100 yeah. percent. like the end of this movie sees him being shot by one police like two police officers who not that i want to say that they are there's <laughs> a couple of lines that obviously i'm looking through this through 2021 eyes so like I don't think <laughs> I'm not like that. Uh, like the uh, first thing is when they pull up to the house after hearing there's a psychopath there. One one guy asks the other guy if his guns loaded. Come on, of course his fucking guns loaded. Uh, and the second thing, they take just a little bit too long to pull the trigger on this rampaging white man, uh, which which made me which made me chuckle a little uh, bit. <laughs> they shoot him. They shoot him in the they shoot him in the shoulder. Then he fires two shotgun rims into him. And this movie ends with. The killer opening his eyes. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, were they angling for a sequel? <laughs> Go up and like... <laughs> I guess. That's that's almost always the angle of slasher movies. I mean, it, it makes me think weird. like like Madman Madman Mars. Oh, I think it's like God, blowed yeah. the fuck up at the end of that movie. Yep. And he's he's still out there somewhere. That's the, the classic slasher ending, basically. But yeah, I was laughing because that dude uh, in this movie takes a fucking takes a licking and he keeps on ticking oh god he's like he's he, at one part i was like i was waiting for him to like be shot in the face and to see like the red eye underneath and go oh he's a terminator right that makes sense uh <laughs> 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 that totally makes sense the man is a machine um yeah i don't know i like i'm, I'm kind of conflicted about this one mark because like i see i'm not the biggest I'm not the biggest fan of kind of low-rent slasher movies. We spoke about them before. Unless there's a hook. The hook here definitely is the killer, who was very annoying to me with his giggle, but I did like the kills. The kills were bonkers enough to make me... Like, him just, like, picking up and throwing women as if he was gorilla press, slamming them like he's, like, <laughs> he's the ultimate fucking... If the ultimate warrior was a horror villain, he would be this guy. You know what I mean? Yep. That's literally what he's like. Um, he's just fucking insane. Doesn't make a lick of sense. Um, so I'd like that stuff was kind of cool, but there's just a lot of stuff that's just like goofy and, and not in a way which made it endearing to me. So I'm kind of stuck in between this one where I would say, yes, I would recommend this movie, but the caveat would be really to those that have a fascination with off-the-beaten-track slasher movies. Like, if someone was, like, I'm a slasher fan, I wouldn't be like, have you seen Home Sweet Home? You know what I mean? But if they said to me, I'm a slasher fan that likes movies like Graduation Day, I'd be like, oh, have you seen Home Sweet Home? You know what I mean? I could yeah. link it that way. It's not a movie that's easily recommendable, like the next movie that we're going to talk about. Um, 
like this is a, this is a kind of I don't know it was a weird one it's a weird a weird one also when we come to like talk about gradings I'm completely conflicted on what I give this because I don't necessarily think there's anything like OTT or even explicit in this movie even though it has a lot of death yeah I'm kind of a I'm leaning towards a slap on the wrist for this one because it's got yeah. a lot of boobs it's got it's got a decent amount of blood in it like it's not like a total case dismissed kind of deal but uh it's pretty fucking tame especially compared to the next movie we're going to talk about like <laughs> this is this 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 is like, i don't know if we said on the air but yeah this is like the cool down for mad foxes because uh yeah this is uh <laughs> everything just seemed pretty normal by comparison yeah same year both movies made and released in the same year which is just that's uh, fucking wild <laughs> 80 81 is that when these came out yeah 19, the year i was born both these movies came out it's wild then the next year john carpenter made the thing yes i know it's just it's so fucking strange it's so strange this is like ever this is what this is how we're treading water until the thing's released um but yeah so i'm i think i'll join you i, I i'd say a slap on the wrist i'm kind of with you i think there there's lots of nudity in this actually no nowhere near as much as the next movie um, but there's a lot of nudity in this one and yeah there are some kills that are kind of a bit more gnarly even if they don't go bloody with them uh, the actual idea of them themselves in principle is a bit more vicious um, yeah I, I'll, I'll go with a, a slap on the wrist as well for home sweet home now um, I think that what we and you need to do is we need to hit pause on this go we take some hardcore acid and get yourself uh-huh. in the mind, the mindset of Mad Foxes. <laughs> uh, I'm super. I've not listened to whoever gives the intro to this movie. Uh, I kind of hope. I kind of. I kind of hope that Stephen Thrower. I think he would probably do a great intro for this one. But anyone will do. Kim Newman uh, could be quite funny about talking about severed penises. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break. You're gonna hear whoever it was from the video nasties documentary give you a setup for this one. You're gonna hear the trailer for Mad Foxes. When myself and Mark return, we're going to try and contextualise basically about an hour and 15 minutes was the version I watched. An hour and 15 minutes worth of something. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things. Everything. Everything and nothing at the same time. We're going to be back (laughs) to do that right after this. Well, we have uh, the Mad Foxes now. Um, What to say about this one? I, lo- I love this film. I and I didn't see it for a long, long time. I think I only saw it about five years ago. And you know how you think maybe you've squeezed the last drops out of a particular period of, of film. You think, okay, I know my Spanish horror now. I, I, I'm probably not going to be surprised by any really major revelations or, or, or shockers. You know, uh, this is extraordinary. It's one of the <laughs> it's one of the funniest and strangest films uh, from that period that I've seen. Strange on so many levels. Like for a start. Um, it's about the gayest exploitation film I think I've ever seen. Uh, and more, please. Not only have you got a biker gang who are as homoerotic as anything from Kenneth Anger, the hero gets beaten up by them and phones a, a karate club to call for some help to battle with the, uh, the bikers. And the karate club are as gay as any karate club I've ever seen. Mishima ought to be running the place, you know, it's just incredible. I don't know if, there's any, if there was any gay involvement behind the camera at all. I mean, I would speculate at a guess you know, gaydar tweaking. Yes, I would imagine there must be some, surely, surely. Because I don't know if, I don't know if my sides can take it if there isn't. Because it becomes even funnier. 
if there isn't. <laughs> you know, if it's made by somebody with a gay sensibility, then it's a it's a great fun exploitation film. If it's made by somebody who's straight down the line heterosexual, then it's just ten times funnier. Although this is a wonderful film with tons of quotable dialogue and lots and lots of sex and violence, that's only in its uncut form. Sadly, uh, the version, this version, which was released in this country uh, on video, has a lot of that cut out, and it was a BBFC X version. This is one of those instances where I would strongly recommend uh, that you watch the uncut version and don't go anywhere near this version, because too much is missing. I mean, it, this is a movie that its opening gambit is to show you the old chestnut of the biker gang that cut off a guy's prick and shove it down his throat. If you're going to show that, you need to see it. You know, you don't want, you, you can't hint at it, can you? So it's the kind of thing that uh, this film does all the way through. There are violent moments in this film, like, you know, old ladies in wheelchairs getting shotgun blasts to the head. It's got the kind of plotting where instead of actually coming up with a, a narrative structure, you just basically say, right, okay, I need to get some more victims in. Where, where, where are we going to get them from? So the hero, literally, en, en route to somewhere important, stops off and picks up a hitchhiker for no other reason than just we need another girl in the story. It's as if it's been written by somebody who has a complete memory wipe every ten minutes. You know, you, you could join it at any point in the film and you won't lose anything, you won't misunderstand anything, because it's always restarting. Um, and then if, if the writer gets into difficulty, for instance, when the hero is trying to track down the bikers and he needs to work out where their secret base is, he just pulls into a gas station and says to the guy at the pump, um, I'm looking for this biker gang. And he says, oh, sure, they live down the road, just at such and such. So there's no attempt at plotting. Just convenience is the, is the name of the game. But you don't care. It doesn't really matter, because what the film is really about is some guy having a grenade tossed into the toilet whilst he's on the can and getting, you know, getting blown up ass first. And also imported from some of the Franco films, uh, music as well. Um, there are musical cues from a lot of the films that Franco made for Dietrich, like Voodoo Passion. So there, there is a lot of overlap, and there are locations which you might recognise if you, if you know Jack the Ripper by Jess Franco, you'll see an interior which is shared with that film as well. So even though most of the film was shot on location in Barcelona, a lot of the interiors were shot at Erwin Dietrich's studios in Switzerland, in uh, Zurich. As far as trying to understand why a film that was so heavily cut ended up on the Section 3 list, well, maybe this is one instance of the marketing people getting it wrong, thinking that by putting on dire warnings about uh, this is an extremely violent film which could seriously disturb you, that they thought that that would help to sell a film which had essentially been cut to pieces. Uh, um, maybe instead all it did was attract the attention of the censors. It's worth mentioning as well that on top of the uh, music borrowed from the Jess Franco, Erwin Dietrich uh, productions, um, it does kick off with uh, with a, a piece of music by Crocus. Given the homoerotic quality of the film in general, I can't help feeling that they missed a trick and really they should have got Judas Priest. Tonight we've come here to farewell a friend, a friend whom we will not forget ever. Come on, friends. 
So you've just heard the trailer for Mad Foxes. This one is directed by Paul Grau. Um, this one stars Jose Grass, Lorne Permitia, uh, Andrea Albini, Peter Saunders, Brian Billings, Eric Falk, Helmi Sig, Gary Membrini, uh, Anna Rocca, Diane Miller, Hank Sutter, Irene Simling, uh, some other folks, let's not bother with those. Um, synopsis for this one is short. <laughs> this, I think we I think we laughed at this one, and then I went, I'm going to try and recreate what we did the last time. Yes, let, let, let's, uh, let's, let's do it this way. The synopsis is a one-liner, and it basically says a man seeks revenge after a biker gang murders his family. That doesn't happen until the very end, right? So that's the, that's the thing that kind of threw me here. Um, uh. And then I believe what I read were, was the, the first review, the top review, which said, just its, it's you know, just its uh, tagline, which said, Proper, uh, properly the stupidest movie ever made, a laugh riot. <laughs> which is right. Uh, which is yeah, right. It's up there. Not wrong. It's this movie, double billet with PCs. Because they're both Spanish, <laughs> and holy fuck. Um, right. <laughs> This movie is, like, in part what I... It is a very interesting way of the old adage when seeking 
to get revenge, pack two shovels. Right? So the, the, the idea of being, if you embark to get vengeance on someone, the toll will be on you tenfold. So, right. Yeah, you've got to bury your enemy, you're going to bury yourself. That idea. And, and that's basically what this movie is about. It's about an altercation at the start here, which becomes a kind of one-upmanship all the way through this, right to its very, very violent end. In the middle of that, though, is just some of the weirdest shit I've ever seen in a movie. Like, <laughs> including... He, like, like like an homage to Bruce Lee where there is a like training troupe of martial artists who just like descend and it kind of the amphitheater area kind of reminded me of the, the scene in Dragnet where like uh, <laughs> where Tom Hanks and fucking Dan Aykroyd go undercover as Satanists um, you know, it's like oh, we have a biker gang here who are kind of like they're kind of a Nazi paraphernalia biker gang but I don't know if you noticed this because I noticed this uh, yeah. the swastikas <laughs> are inconsistent all the way through this like one scene they're all wearing red armbands with white circles and then they'll open a door and go to the next room and then there's a swastika on it I'm it's like, always when they're outside like if they're inside on like a film set the swastikas yep. reappear but when they're outside they're just like red armbands with white circles on them and I think it's probably <laughs> has something to do with like their laws against just rolling around in fucking Nazi regalia in certain yeah, countries this, in Europe this, this is shot in Spain which was under extreme fascist dictatorship for quite a while after the whole, uh, the yep. whole second world war kind of the, the, the Franco regime extended beyond Hitler committing suicide so yeah I get, I got that feeling, and I was just like, "Well, just remove that element." But they're like, "No, no, no, no." This movie has so many cod pieces, man. Honestly, this movie uh, should be yeah. like, and they're all ridiculous. Like they're all like they've got like the iron, like the iron cross above them, and all this fucking once again, like overt Nazi paraphernalia. But basically, we have a what? How do we, how do you describe him? A playboy. Essentially, a guy like I would call him in Scotland, they'd be called a top shagger, right? He's a fucking yuppie. Like yeah. he's he's somebody somebody with a whole bunch of money. He's hanging out with a chick that's just barely fucking eighteen and getting her fucking wasted at the fucking bar and stuff. Yeah, and he's a really unlikable fucking protagonist, which I think is kind of okay in a movie like this because it does progress the story. Because at any point like of him with this fucking feud with this nazi biker gang he could have been like you know what i'm gonna be the bigger man yeah. and walk away and just like take my take my licks and fucking go home kind of deal but he doesn't so uh yeah that kind of I, I i i'm usually pretty hard on like really unlikable fucking protagonists but in this movie it works well it kind of has to be that way we can like there's yeah. like the, the tip for tat that they go through throughout this movie it's, there's no way to like this character after he's after he starts murdering people. Yep. And the way he does, the way he treats certain characters to get to the gang, like that's not something a hero would do. So you, you're right. You basically you have a, a kind of yuppie dude who is used to just sleeping with women, drinking, going to bars, and driving his very 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 fancy car for 1981. Um, who has a salt location with this biker gang who essentially follow him to this bar and the initial start of the feud here is that they wait for them to come out of the bar. They stab this guy which has no bearing on the movie because he recovers from his wounds instantly but they stab this guy 
and then they rape and try to kill the girl that he's with and probably one of the more unsettling scenes in this movie like straight away there's a, a scene where the the guy essentially tries to and i'm gonna get vulgar here but there's no way to there's no way to get through this without being vulgar he tries to poke rape her right essentially shoves a couple of fingers up inside her and finds out that she's a virgin in the way that movies would want you to see that he then takes two very bloody fingers and then wipes them on her face which is in itself like like just i was i was Ghastly. like what the fuck are we watching it was like five <laughs> minutes into this movie man and this is what yep. i'm like what are we doing here and then and then she's 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 kind of pinned down and a character rapes her and the most unconvincing sex scene i've ever seen in my entire life where he basically he he twerks on top of her. <laughs> he looks like a fucking uh, neutered dog trying to fucking up something. It's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> there is like, there's one thing to stress about this one. I don't know too much about this director. I should have checked this beforehand. I would be well. He did Cage Woman. He was production on Cage Woman. This is the well, let's see. This is only two movies that he directed. He directed a movie after this, which looks like it was a sex comedy, which would make sense. This guy, if he's not gay, right? <laughs> the director he likes, here. He likes dicks and dudes' asses an awful lot. Yeah, judging by this movie. It's not even just that, man. Like every scene where there's a group of guys is very homoerotic. Like even that, like even the martial arts studio. There's a bit where, like, when the guy comes in with the grenade to to blow up the like the kind of martial arts studio, and he walks in the door, and there's a couple of guys wearing the outfits. There's a guy who's lifting weights, dressed like a ye old timey strong man, and like a le <laughs> leopard print thong in the middle of the route. And I was like, I was like, what the? Like, it's like it's so like I've like. <laughs> And the camera does not shy away from the dick. I have like I have zero problems with penis being in a movie at all. I've said that many times. I've seen so many movies with tits and vagina that if you want to put an abundance of dong in a movie, that's fine. Some people are like that. Oh, that's gay, man. It's only gay if your dick gets hard watching it, right? If your like, yeah. if your dick doesn't get hard watching it, you ain't gay. But like you, you can tell two things from this one. One, this is the Spanish movie because circumcision isn't a thing in, in Spain like it isn't in the UK so there's a lot of uncut dick in this right <laughs> um, <laughs> just like hanging out just like flopping about the place right and the second thing that you can tell about this one is like the, the camera really just wants to just like frame that shot if there's a penis on screen we're going to frame that shot um, so like it's, it's, it's very homoerotic in parts which once again I'm fine with but it's juxtaposed against it's, it's clear that the guys were like that biker gang, leathers, homoerotic, village people. It's like literally the ladies went, <laughs> the ladies went through. But watching it, like it's, like I say, it's juxtaposed against some really fucking heinous shit. Like the violence in this movie is in fucking scene. Right? We yeah. have we have rape at the start. We have like just straight up murder. We have castration. Like, a dick gets chopped off in this movie. We have several deaths with grenade. For, like, good reason. A guy gets, like, like a gardener gets murdered with a set of shears. Which, we don't see how it's done until later on. But they're stuffed in his fucking mouth. Um, and this biker gang are 
like clearly ninjas themselves because they take on a full troop of martial trained martial artists <laughs> the karate club the karate club and they hold their own and survive against the you know karate club taking a few of them down but essentially this movie is like i say it's tit for tat they do this at first our our main guy befriends a martial arts troop and gets them to attack the bikers while they're burying one of their own they like then fight back again what i love about this one is it's what you said about the playboy guy being kind of not likable like every time the biker gang retaliate so they wipe out all those martial arts dudes like that playboy guy d- does not give a fuck about it like he just moves on to the next thing like so all his, yeah. fr- all his friends from there get massacred uh brutally massacred and he's just on to the next thing he you know he gets back at them they kill <laughs> it escalates to them killing his family and i'll i should not I'm a bad guy. I'm going to hell, Mark. See when the, the, <laughs> the wheel... man. He laughed at the wheelchair lady. <laughs> See when she shot the head and she shoots back across the room, flips off the back of the chair. I about fucking pissed myself. I like, actually to the point where I, I felt like I was. Ho- I've got like my uh, my almost three month old was downstairs when we and I had her kind of cradled when I was watching this movie. I almost dropped her. Uh, <laughs> like when that happened, I was fucking. I, went, I, I, was, I was slapping my knee. I thought this was fucking. This is maybe the best shot in the whole movie. It's oh. just getting shot in the forehead, and it's like a dot of the dead style yeah. effect. Like it's it's like a piece of blows the front of her, front of her head off. And her wheelchair just goes fucking flying across the fucking room. It's just crashing out the back. Oh, it's dude. so great. It's, it's so, so incredible. So fucking awesome. But like he finds out that, then he starts to hunt them down and kill them all one by one, which is what the synopsis says there. But that's the last 20 minutes of this movie. Like it's all it's all like intense edging. This is an intense edging session right up to the family being killed. And then yep. you, you finally get to nut for 20 minutes. Um it's the the but the it's the ending I want to hand this over to you, talk about stuff, and then we're gonna come back to the ending. The ending is what made this movie like I, I was i thought this was great and then the ending happened and i was like there's something about spain like you think about the end of pieces right and then you think about the end of this it's the same fucking ending i think they were doing the pcp from the fucking last movie when they <laughs> yeah. made this movie so like you you watched this last night as you described to me with a belly full of pizza and a and a and a head full of whiskey um oh, <laughs> what did you think of mad <laughs> What did you think of Mad Foxes? Christ almighty, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, this is, yeah, both a movie that seems like it was made by somebody on fucking PCP and, like, something a 12-year-old would write. Oh, God, like, I feel man. like this, yeah, this is, like, uh, adult G.I. Joes, basically. And, yeah, the, the director is, like, real into naked guys and real into Nazi paraphernalia for some reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the dubbing on this is so, so fucking bad. Like, it's so fucking bad. The English version of this is like, but that's like, it it, it adds to the absolute insanity of this because everybody sounds like fucking robots. Like, they're, they're all dubbed by people that like, that was their first and only gig as a voice actor. It's so fucking, <laughs> so goofy. Uh, I guess we'll get this out of the way real quick. Uh, the version of this that's on Tubi is an hour and 10 minutes long. So there's about five minutes of shit missing from the version that I watched. 
and I didn't realize that. I remembered that this was on a really early episode of a YouTube show I love called Best of the Worst. Oh, yeah. And they they all lost their fucking minds over this movie, too. But yeah, after I got done watching this, I went back and watched it. I quickly realized I was like, wait a minute. A lot of this is not in the fucking 2B version. Like, most of the fucking rape scene is cut out. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the sex scene in the bathtub with the piss yellow water. Dude. Like it they have sex, <laughs> they have sex in a bad. Like, there's there's a lot of really bad sex in this movie, like just terrible, unconvincing sex. But when he takes her into a bathtub which has like toxic yellow coloured water, and they're just like, oh, oh, roll their into this, and I was like, <laughs> one of them is going to come out like that dude from RoboCop that gets you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna come out all fucking heavy. You know, because like, <laughs> it's fucking, it's clearly nuclear water. It's got like you're swimming around in piss right now. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. Like, if it was like a color, it couldn't, it can't be a color grading thing because the rest of the shot looks normal. It's a, think, it's a tub full of piss. I th- I th- I'm, I th- I'm trying to think that maybe they've cut like a scene where he's poured her like an erotic bath with bath salts or something. I don't know. All I know is water shouldn't be that color unless you peed it. No, out. no, God, no. Uh, but yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of little, little cuts like that. There's a scene where. Uh, they're out duck hunting for some reason oh, and God. shoot a fucking shoot in an airplane with a shotgun, which uh, don't do that at home, kids. That'll get you sent to federal prison. Uh, and then, yeah, they have this really gross sex scene, like out in the middle of the woods, where the camera just like slow zooms in on the dude's ass. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that 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 wasn't in the two B version I watched. And uh, did you? Oh, did, so there's a scene. There's a scene between two randos, right? Two, like uh, well she becomes more important but two randos on a beach where there's just an abundance of fucking dong and the guy and the woman then get dressed and then her playboy shows up and she just hits on him and then just leaves the dude with the like, <laughs> she's like I'm going with him bye yeah, that's literally the scene that he's carrying like they went to the beach and he for some reason has a giant wooden chest like he's, I don't know, like <laughs> fucking one-eyed Willie or some shit like that. Like, like he just fucking shows up with a pirate chest, and they're like he's dragging this, going, "No, wait for me." But I'm like, what? Like, he could just pick it's... that woman up anywhere. Why did we? But it's like, it's so we can see in that scene of them running along. Yes, she's naked, but the camera really, really likes that guy's dick. Like, there's a, like. Like he, he keeps turning around, and we just get like, oh, that's penis. Uh, oh, that's penis. Oh, but guess what? That's penis. And there's more penis and penis. It's just so much dong, like so much dong. Well, and then our, our protagonist picking her up is yet, yet another example of him just like getting over things really fast and moving on to the next thing. What happened to the chick from the beginning? Like, it's a he, he changes love interests in the middle of this movie with this fucking random hitchhiker chick that's like kind of awful in the previous scene and it's just yeah. like a, is she the so is, a, is she the one at the end of the movie then she's the one at the end of the movie but yeah well i i, so I don't no, know i don't know if the chick from the beginning comes back into it i yeah, I, like, yeah. there's no art for that <laughs> chick at the beginning that chick at the beginning <laughs> basically gets violated and like sent to hospital like on life support and there is zero like we don't go back and he doesn't go back and check on her at all 
Mm, I, I think once, and the, yeah, they have like a sex scene in a hotel bed, or That's I mean, a, a hospital yeah. bed, and then, um, and then she fucks off out of this movie completely, and he yep. moves on to the next thing. Yeah, it's it's super fucking. It's it's written by a fucking twelve year old. I think. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many scenes of people drinking in this movie too and that's like all they're doing in the whole scene like that's uh... like <laughs> I just realized there's two writers for this right out with the dialogue Paul Grew is one of the guys who did the screenplay the other guy has the most German porn name ever Hans R. Walthard <laughs> oh boy who played the, uh, the the Nazi dominatrix that shows up for no fucking reason? Oh, I want to know if she's doing okay now or if she went on to do it. Does she need counseling after being a dominatrix in this movie? I don't, she is she is. a real dominatrix? Uh, she got paid a lot of money to dress like a fucking Nazi she, and get shot. She is hot as... I didn't realize I had a fetish for that until she <laughs> made that man put on that gimp mask and I was like oh my good god almighty right, excuse me for two minutes movie um, yeah. yeah like but that, that's so like he goes to pick them off one at a time like at the end here and uh, <laughs> one, of them, one of them gets like one of them's taking a shit obviously <laughs> Um, what these like? I don't like. What's it, I don't want to get into specific. I, like, I don't want to know how you take a shit, Mark. Right? But like, <laughs> like, do you like, like, sit back so your dick is clearly hanging out the top of the bowl? No, no, no I don't. <laughs> this guy does. Um, <laughs> it's, it's getting real comfortable with those. It's probably like, reading a comic or something. Yeah, but like, like, the thing is as well, the woman that's trying to tell him that there was a guy looking for him. She just like he clear. She clearly knows he's taking a shit, and she decides this is the opportune to- time to talk to him while he's on the toilet. But like he, he breaks in, shoots that guy in the hand, and then well, he basically leaves a grenade with him, which blows him up. Grenades don't work the way grenades actually work in this movie, in that they have a small blast radius of like I don't know, like a couple of meters squared. Um, but he kills them, and then he starts picking like the, so he tracks down the the dude with the red cord piece. He fucking dies viciously. Um, and then he tracks down. I'd like when we get to the dominatrix. I was like, so this must be the head guy. I completely forgot that. Like the green room, this movie, like the head Nazi biker guy, is basically this is Jean Luc Picard with a wee mustache. Um, this is like <laughs> bald normal guy who's quite eloquent and very like well spoken. He appears at the very end of this movie, but he's out the movie for most of it. Like you don't see him interact with anything. But he's apparently just sitting back watching all his men be killed, planning his master revenge. But we, we get a lot... So it, it's difficult to argue against the following statement that this might be the most entertaining movie ever made. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's way up there, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's like you said, this is like Massacre Mafia style. It's just shot up there on my, uh, holy fuck, this movie is so goddamn weird. And I can't, I, it, it boggles my mind that this exists. It, it was made and it was released. Apparently the version, it only got released in the UK once and it was butchered. Surprise, surprise. Um, and I'll, like pretty much all the sexual violence and all the rest were just removed right from it. And it's never been released since. So that it had that small VHS run never been released after that. Um, and I don't know if we ever will get it over here, which kind of upsets me. Let's talk about the ending. This is like the movie was already at a very high level for me, and then 
the ending <laughs> happened and I was like, this this is transcended. <laughs> like I, I almost felt like standing up and applauding this when it did it. So the end of this movie, our playboy like basically murders everyone. And he's like, I'm going home to sleep with my new girlfriend in my penthouse. So he drives back, uh, gets to your Poxy's car, takes a bit of time to compose himself. And then we see that she's kind of being taken hostage by the Patrick Stewart with the moustache looking dude. Um, and he walks in and she's like, oh, there's a man here that's taking me, because it's terrible dumbing. There's a man here that's been taking, you know, he's taking me captive. And he's like, what? And then this guy holds up, which can only be described as a like an answering machine for a telephone from the 1990s, <laughs> which which has a red eject button on it. And he's like that. He's like, "You've killed all my men, so I could kill you." But she clearly could, because she's got a fucking gun. I I could kill you, or I could send us all to hell. And he's like, "No, don't do that." And he's like, "If I press this button, we'll all go to hell." And he's like. <laughs> Don't do this. He's like, if I press the button, we all die. And he's like, don't press the button. He's like, what happens if I press the button and we all die? And then he presses the button and then the visual effects department that finished the movie City of the Living Dead work oh, on yeah. this last explosion. It's the same, it's the same fucking shitty hand-drawn effect they just ran out of goddamn money at the end just of this. Like, someone draws a wily e. Coyote explosion <laughs> line. Like a Batman biff. You know, like when Batman's fighting, one of those things appears on the fucking screen, and then the credits roll, and I was like, "Yes, perfect, yes. pure cinema." Because, like I say, the allegory here is that, if, like I said before, if you seek vengeance, you know, like if you if you like commit yourself to like killing someone, you will kill yourself. And this is yep. literally the movie, but the movie didn't get the nuance of that and just made that. And I kind of <laughs> accident. I kind of love that because it it finishes in the right way. This guy is not a nice guy. Um, yeah, he doesn't and, deserve a happy a happy ending to this movie. No, so it doesn't give it, and it doesn't give the audience a happy ending at the movie. It gives us a fucking rad ending. <laughs> I was like, like, I honestly, if if someone released this movie. To my, see if Arrow said we are doing a limited run of Mad Foxes and it was £150 and all you get is this movie and a poster I would fucking buy this and that's how much I hate myself the, the reason I liken it to PCs <laughs> the, the reason I liken it to PCs is the main dude from, from PCs, the main guy and that one is equally unlikable he's not a nice guy, he's a, once again yeah. a top shagger, who, that's how Spain obviously writes heroes there's a guy that just goes around sleeping with women and upsetting folk. Um, but at the end of that movie, where he thinks he's, you know, solved the day, the fucking dead, like, patchwork body grabs his balls and crushes them on screen. And that's how the, <laughs> that's who you're left end in this movie. This movie is just like the biker gang fucking jihad version of that with, with, with the fucking, with the answer machine bomb. Um, it's... It's fucking wonderful, dude. Honestly, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't often. I fucking love this movie. I absolutely loved this. This right here is. I'm gonna be talking about this movie for years. And, and I, uh, honestly, I, I was, I was floored by this. It is, it's the same. I, I can't not link it to pieces. 
I always caveat PCs by saying PCs is one of my favourite movies ever made. Now, we'll always give that movie a five. We'll always give that a five. But technically, as a film, it, is, it should be shown to filmmakers as how not to make a movie. <laughs> right. Because almost every every decision in that movie is a bad decision. But the outcome is one of the one of the most entertaining movies I've ever seen. Mad Foxes is the same thing. Like, thematically, it has a kind of rough idea, but an execution, script, dialogue, acting, like, continuity, it makes no fucking sense but by the end of it i was like that i would like to see if some see if i wanted to watch this see if i had to watch this movie again straight away i would gleefully do it i yeah i've i've i think i've just found my new favorite movie on the, the <laughs> list i think i think i like this more than mafia massacre and i loved mafia massacre i think this one pips it purely because it's even more nonsensical so yeah, I am. Well, like, cause you said, yeah, they, you said I'm they would make a great double feature, man. Can you Dude. imagine watching both these movies fucking back to back? I and I, we, I, I think we, we should come. So we end. should circle. We, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say we should circle back around and do like a commentary for both these movies because I was just like, 100%. it's not very often that a movie has me like standing up from my fucking couch, just like screaming in bewilderment <laughs> at my fucking TV, like what? You're, what did this movie just do? You posted like, on our Facebook group page. You posted a picture of your face seconds yep. after the movie finished. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it sums up everything. It's perfect. It's absolutely. <laughs> That was my face for a good good portion of the runtime of this thing. I was just in absolute fucking awe. Like I, I was like, did somebody dose me before I fucking watch this? Like, what the fuck is this movie? And it's 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 like ninety minutes of fucking uh, uh, people people doing terrible things. And yeah, it's it's written like a fucking twelve year old wrote it. And it's oh, dude, this movie is just it's fucking spectacular. Like you even. Even the edited version that I saw, which is probably like the UK cut, is pretty fucking shocking. Yeah. And like, it, I, I think really what got cut out of that largely is just a lot of fucking nudity and a lot of sex scenes. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know, most of the rape scene. Uh, thankfully, like, uh, it, it, well, and I realized like watching it, uh, the, it was the, it's the scene where the grenade goes in the toilet was where yeah. I realized like, because it's just completely fucking missing. Like he, he shoots his hand, and then there's a big fucking cut and you just see like the toilet exploding from like the uh, window basically and it's like yeah. wait a minute what the how the hell did that i had to rewind it real quick i was like did he just explode when his hand gets shot and no then it gets like the thing is the reason they've taken that i think they've taken that away is there is about 30 seconds of cock on screen yep like, yeah, while he, he, talk, he while throws he's... the grenade in the toilet bowl like around between his legs like yeah. right next to his dick basically yeah. and the camera stays locked on his dick for like you can hear dialogue but the camera's just <laughs> at, right at dick height um it's oh man it's just that was and that was kind of when I, I remembered that that was on that episode of best of the worst which is why i went back and watched that and i was like oh man what the fuck i got an edited version and i posted that on twitter and thankfully good good friend of the show uh who was up late uh, last night apparently uh the witch sent me uh or sort early. Of shady... like when you finish something remember he is his time zone is weird for mine. Yeah, so. yeah Australia is weird as far as time zones go. But uh, yeah, he sent me a sort of shady link to an uncut version of this movie. So I had like barely enough time after Home Sweet Home because I was yeah. falling asleep from all the fucking whiskey and laughing like a fucking hyena. 
to kind of scrub through it and watch some of the scenes that were cut out of this. So like I've gotten a kind of imperfect uh, uh, watch of this in, I guess. I also in the, within the first like 20 minutes of this movie got on Amazon and ordered the fucking DVD of this. Uh, I was like, I, I must own this fucking movie. And I'm kind of worried the DVD is probably going to be an edited version. There is apparently a German Blu-ray of this that is the uncut version. Oh, I don't know how hard that is to get anymore, but yeah, you might, you might, you might snoop around on the the Blu-ray websites and see if anybody's still got a copy of that. But um, I do have the, I do have a DVD of it on the way in. Yeah, I mean, I would even watch the the edited version of this. Like oh, yeah. again, absolutely, this it's. It's pretty shocking and pretty fucked up and just absolutely fucking bonkers. Yeah, this is the, this is everything that just makes me like so happy we're doing this series. I did, like this is like I remember Andy Blockley joking with me like I think it was the end of episode two of me you recording asking me how the movies have been. And I was like, oh, they're awful. <laughs> like it's like, just like blood, <laughs> blood farmer, right? I mean, I was like, can I be like this is like Night beast? Yeah, like th- those sort of things, but you get a movie like this it's kind of worthwhile man it's i would never yeah. have heard of this movie i would never have seen this movie had it not been for this show um yeah, and I, i'll watch i'll watch 10 pieces of shit if i can get one of these a hundred percent the difficulty here is like this movie does this movie it shocks well it doesn't shock me that it was on the tier three list because it was heavily gutted in the uk before its release this right. had this been released like this in the uk it would have been on the tier one list just because of the, the sexual violence. The version I saw was the uncut version. So I, I, I can't quantify based on the version that you saw. But I will say there is rape. There is murder. There's castration. There is... Disembowelment. <laughs> yes, disembowelment. Nazi paraphernalia. Um, yep. Yeah, this... I mean, I'm not saying that this is hard time. I can't say this is hard time. But what I will say is that uh, this is as close to hard time as I have seen a movie on this list thus far. I'm going to give it community service because above a slap in the wrist, I can't give it hard time. Because hard time for me has been reserved for movies like I Spit in Your Grave, Last House on the Left. And it's not that. Like Even, right. the, even the rape sequence here is so inept done <coughs> that it kind of almost becomes, an, not ineffectual, but it doesn't have the impact of like, the rape scene in Last House on the Left. Um, all right, spit in your this grave. This movie's too goofy. It's, it's, it's too, too goofy. goofy. Yeah. It's, yeah. The tone yeah. is like completely different. 100%. What are you giving it then? Uh, I think I think I'm right there with you. Like this, this could have like very easily stepped over into hard time kind of territory. But it's just so fucking silly. It's hard to take any of it seriously. And like it's a yeah, it's 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 pretty shocking. Like even the edited version of this, I think, is like bordering on fucking hard time because, and it almost makes it worse having some of that stuff cut out because it's definitely implied and like they talk about the girl getting raped, and but they just barely show it in this version. So a lot of it's like more in your head kind of deal and. Uh, I think that makes it actually more disturbing. Uh, but yeah, either, either version of this, like like I said, I kind of scrubbed through the uncut version of this to see what I had missed, kind of. And uh, it's it's pretty rough. <laughs> Don't watch this in front of grandma. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm making this guy pick up garbage on the side of the road. He doesn't have to go to the clink for this because I can't. I can't uh, I'm taking pity on this guy because it was so fucking entertaining. <laughs> nice, nice. Right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, 
I'll be uh, letting you guys know where we are going next on episode 24. We're going to be doing that right after this. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast. And you've been listening to Doing the Nasty Podcast. This has been season number two, episode number 23 where we did a little bit of Mad Foxes and Home Sweet Home. Uh, We are going to try, I don't know how possible this is, with our schedules being the way they are, we are going to try and get this next one out before the end of the year, but uh, we'll wait and see. If it trips into next year, we'll make up for it in January. Um, But we have another two movies ahead of us here. One of them, Stone Cold fucking classic. The other one, Sims awful um so let's get the awful one out the way first uh the first movie we will be doing is escape from hell that's right kind of a generic title yes well this one (laughs) um is a one of those uh women's prisoner camp movies so yeah oh boy yeah Um, (laughs) this is an exploitation subgenre we haven't gotten to the women in prison movies yeah but it looks like it's in the amazon as well so i don't know if there's cannibalistic stuff in here as well so escape from hell the synopsis for this one is a women's prison camp is located deep in a tropical rainforest sadistic guards and a warden from hell make life almost unbearable for the inmates and any infraction of the rules is dealt with swiftly and savagely The camp doctor is horrified at what he sees happening and drinks heavily to push the horrors away. Finally, (laughs) finally, the inmates have had enough and they enlist the help of the doctor to try and escape. This one is directed by Edordo Mulgaria, I think is how you pronounce that. Um, And (laughs) now that I'm doing this, the, the top review for this one, the tagline for it is very sweaty, very sleazy. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> sounds sounds like I'm also going to have to be drinking to push the memories of this away. But uh, <laughs> I, what... I do like a sweaty, sleazy movie from time to time. So okay. we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. So that's Escape from Hell. That's from 1980. We are doubling that up with a movie that's about <clears throat> to get the 4K treatment next year and probably the most sought after release next year. Um, in terms of getting released on Blu-ray with a really, really, really good print. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we will be uh, discussing George A. Romero's Martin from 1976. Um, ah, yes. I fucking adore this movie. Absolutely adore this movie. So, Didn't they just find a, uh, a director's cut of this like within the last couple weeks? It's like almost three hours long? Two hours and 45 minutes. So I am oh. incredibly interested what that means to the second site release that is currently being worked on right fucking now. Um, I would like to think that a deal can be done to include that in because the title has not been released yet. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know, like, can I watch a almost three-hour cut of Martin? I will, but do I think there needs to be additional time in there to flesh it out? I almost feel that part of its runtime is 
part of the reason it works as well as it does. Um, Because it's like, the theatrical cut is like an hour and 40, an hour and 30, I think. Um, So I'll be interested to see where where it goes with, because you're talking about like potentially another hour and 10 minutes on top of that. Which is another yeah, movie. it kind of kind of just depends. Like, even if they yeah. didn't restore that version, if the if Second Sight could get the rights to it and yeah. just put it on there as like an extra disc or something, Big like game. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely cool. curious to see. Because you know it's going to be full of social commentary, which is the exciting bit of doing a Romero movie. Uh, for those that don't know, um, Martin might be one of the first movies that kind of experiments in the vampire genre in a way that other movies, uh, most notably recently the Transfiguration play, where it's kind of like, it's an idea of vampirism, but it's done through an idea that maybe vampires aren't real, um, which I kind of enjoy, but it kind of delves into the idea of kind of mental health, which is, is really interesting, specifically for the time period. Um, the synopsis for this one is, a young man who believes himself to be a vampire goes and lives with his elderly and hostile cousin in a small Pennsylvania town where he tries to redeem his blood craving urges. So yeah, I've not seen Martin in a couple of years, but I do love it. I've never seen Escape from Hell. Um, but yeah, we will be talking about them on the next episode. Uh, before we do that, Mark, um, where can people check out your your? I take it you're not in Facebook jail anymore as of this recording. No, no, not as not as of this recording. I've been trying to behave myself on Facebook. Like honestly, like especially like that that week and a half or whatever that I had COVID, I I've just been avoiding things that piss me off online as much <laughs> as humanly possible and nice. trying to focus on the things that make me happy. So. Uh, you can find me on Twitter is usually where I'm most active. That's at the fancy mark. Uh, I get on Instagram every once in a while because that's like I think the only place I see our buddy uh, Andy, po- listener Andy, posting yep. stuff is over on the Instagram. He, he posts some fun stuff and he he watches the movies along with us. So uh, yeah, I, I'm on Instagram a little bit. Uh, Letterboxd. I, uh, my my watching slows down a little bit after halloween just because i crammed so many fucking horror movies in but i am still watching stuff and uh should have some cool blu-rays on the way to write little mini reviews uh, i think maybe on letterbox i'm just fancy space mark um i think that's about it i got that just dropped an episode of the psycho samantha cast that's on the legion patreon that was about the crow that i nice. started listening to last night that i'm pretty proud of as uh we did a decent amount of research into that in that I read a few of the Crow comics and watched the watched the Crow and watched one of the shitty sequels. <laughs> uh, so go check that out. Yeah, it's on the Legion Patreon. Uh, probably be doing some more stuff with Bo here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. He got me on board to do one of the Black Christmas movies. Uh, oh, what one did you get? Uh, I got the the most recent one because uh-huh. I was a little late late to the game. But I've I've only ever seen the first Black Christmas, so I'm curious to see. Like I know a lot of people fucking hated that one that came out in like 2019. Yeah, so, I um, I think it's absolutely fucking awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, what, that's what, kind of my specialty. Yeah. What 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 I enjoyed about it is there is a kind of quasi. There is a kind of not even a quasi. There is an attempt to make it a kind of pro-feminist movie, which I love the idea of that. Um, right. But it, it doesn't. The execution is awful for it. It's like literally every man in the movie is the worst fucking stereotype of a man that's ever uh. existed. And what the my biggest issue with it overall was that if anyone spoke out about it online, it was because you were anti-woman. 
Um, which oh boy, I, it's the yeah, ghost, Ghostbusters thing again. Hundred percent. Like you couldn't, you couldn't say that you disliked it because you were a woman here. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I never equated those art because my issues weren't with any of the female cast at all. My issues were with. Um, just the execution of the movie and just the general story. <laughs> like it was just, yeah. it's just like, yeah, I, I am, I am. I said to Bo because Bo told me he'd never seen any of them, and I know that Bo is like he'd never even seen the original, and Bo is iffy on slashers. He's not like a big slasher fan, and what I said to him is there is a very good chance that you come out of this like hating all three. <laughs> so uh, that's that is a distinct possibility. Um, but I, I, I do appreciate any franchise that does like technically a second remake of a movie and makes it worse than the first remake, which is fucking awful. <laughs> like as a way to yeah. say, well, maybe it wasn't as bad. Maybe you should reassess. Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait to check those out when they drop, man. That'll be that'll be a ton of fun. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, ladies and gents, that's the end of this journey. We're going to leave here and just like create and build a church to mad foxes that's our next <laughs> uh, and then and then dedicate ourselves to the worship of said church but we will be joining you maybe like i say maybe before the end of the year we'll wait and see if we don't then i hope you have a safe and phenomenal holiday um and enjoy time with your family and friends and we will speak to you either in the new year or maybe just before i don't know we'll wait and see i'm going to leave it up to us to try and arrange something off air but yeah, we'll speak to you next time anyway. Take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan and Mark for doing the nasty. Until the next time. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. <laughs>